If you were born in Krakow, Poland in 1872, as the eldest daughter of eight children in a middle-class Jewish family, it might seem counterintuitive that you'd ultimately end up in New York via a circuitous route which included Australia, London, and Paris to ultimately become one of the richest women in the world and the head of your own cosmetics empire. Along the way, you'd also change your name from Haja Rubinstein to the more regal Helena Rubinstein. The Dilettante, a Ferrochrome podcast. The woman who would become Helena Rubinstein was a self-made entrepreneur in the purest sense of the word. Rejecting an arranged marriage by her father to an older widower, she moved from Krakow to Australia to live with an uncle at age 30. In what would prove a crucial move, she brought with her 12 bottles of her mother's beauty cream to help maintain her beautiful complexion. These ended up being a hit with local Australian women who were not used to the concept in 1902 of a daily skincare regimen. After working a variety of odd jobs, she landed on the idea of selling her mother's beauty cream, rebranded as Creme Valets, which she'd previously just been giving away to friends and acquaintances. Creme Valets' ingredients were reputed to be herbs collected from the Carpathian Mountains, although more likely it was lanolin from the abundant Australian sheep population. The demand grew to a point where Helena was able to quit her job at a tea room and with some financial backing opened a beauty salon, possibly the world's first, in Melbourne, Australia. Soon success enabled her to open another in Sydney and a small empire was born. After a short sojourn to Europe to study skincare techniques, in 1908 she brought her sisters over to commandeer her salons while she pooled her now considerable profits of $100,000, a large sum in the day, to finance the Salon des Butées Valets in London, as well as a salon in Paris. Of course, her other sisters were installed in these to run them. It helped coming from a family of eight. While in London, Rubinstein met and married American Edward Titus, who would gain some notoriety of his own in the 1920s as creator and publisher of the magazine This Quarter, which focused on the expat, bright young things of Paris's left bank. They would have two sons, both born in London, but would move to Paris in 1912 to open the aforementioned salon. During this pre-World War I period, Helena Rubinstein would meet many young artists and develop an interest and eventually a substantial collection of modern art, which would figure significantly in her professional life later. Once World War I broke out, Helena Edward et Famille moved to New York, where she was quoted as saying, It was a cold day. All the American women had purple noses and gray lips, and their faces were chalk white from terrible powder. I recognized that the U.S. could be my life's work. It was here that Rubinstein would develop her professional business aesthetic, which involved beautiful salons, which were more like upper-class apartments, staffed by experts in crisp uniforms, somewhat resembling lab coats. On the walls would be curated modern art by Miro and Dali, as well as a portrait of Helena painted by Paul Césaire Helou, which showed her as the indisputable exemplar of the modern woman. 
clients would have appointments at her salons, have their skin examined and evaluated, with the appropriate skin products prescribed for the lucky customer. Whether this treatment had any basis in medical science was immaterial, as it had a legitimizing and authoritative effect on sales, which soared. Soon she was opening further salons in San Francisco, Boston, and Toronto. Rubenstein had an uncanny knack for making a high-end luxury purchase seem essential to a woman's well-being and self-esteem, capitalizing on her mother's advice that a woman's power came from her beauty and her love. This was commodified in spades, with her and her salons being aspirational examples of a modern woman's ambition in a patriarchal business world. Her cosmetics also made distribution inroads into department stores, allowing the less affluent to experience her vision of personal elegance. Indeed, when debuting a new beauty product, if sales initially faltered, Rubenstein simply upped the price point to emphasize the exclusivity of what she was providing. Her business acumen was prescient, as when she sold her business to Lehman Brothers at $7.3 million in 1928. Once the Great Depression hit, she wisely bought back her stock at a fraction of the cost, eventually reselling these at an astonishing profit. While she was at the top of her game, she wasn't without her competitors. The most notable of these was Elizabeth Arden, who also starting from humble beginnings in Canada, as Florence Nightingale Graham, had her own cosmetics empire, which competed with the Helena Rubinstein product line and salons toe-to-toe. While the two women resided in New York, they purposely never met, instead focusing their energies on outdoing each other in the marketplace. It was a bitter rivalry which has been detailed in the book War Paint by Lindy Woodhead, which was made into the documentary The Powder and the Glory in 2016. Naturally, this is morphed into a Broadway musical with Patti Lupone and Christine Ebersole playing the two cosmetic giants. Always ready to reinvent herself for the better, Helena Rubinstein, following her divorce from Edward Titus in 1937, avidly courted Archil Gorelli Ciconia, a man over 20 years her junior, who also came with the title of Prince, supposedly conferred on him from his mother's suspect Georgian nobility. Helena coveted the notion of having Princess in front of her name and finally married Prince Archil in 1938, thus making her Helena Princess Gorelli. Continuing to be hands-on involved in her business right until the end, Helena Rubinstein died on April 1, 1965 at age 92. At only 4 foot 10 inches tall, she had cast a large shadow over an empire founded on luxury and selling beauty as a quasi-medicinal necessity. She was philanthropic as well, leaving behind some notable endowments and charities. While her chief rival, Elizabeth Arden, outlived her, it wasn't by long as she would die in October of the next year. New York City's Jewish Museum held the 2015 retrospective, Helena Rubinstein, Beauty is Power. Ms. Rubinstein's mother would have approved. The Dilettante, part of the Fairchrome Podcast Network.